Welcome to the Tiffany Micah podcast. What we do here is build the strength and courage in you to accomplish your big dreams and goals in your sport. No longer will you feel limited. You won't feel you're not good enough. You won't question whether you will make it. Those doubts will disappear because you will have the competitive edge over your opponents and leave them in your wake. And the bonus is others will notice. Listen up and take notes because I will show you exactly how to do it. Hey there, this is Tiff from the Tiffany Micah podcast and welcome to this week's episode and today's episode what I want to do today is share with you an interview that I had just recently about uh, focus how to reach your potential in sport business and life uh, about my upcoming new book with a friend of mine Bobby Danger who has his uh, such an awesome podcast show and it's about really unlocking your hidden talent and I really love his podcast show and when my book was uh was ready he was really excited and he wanted to interview me about the book so what I've got here for you today is I'm sharing with you the actual episode in which he was interviewing about the book and you know the frustrations that I went through with not achieving my goals and also how to turn it around and what we actually look at in the book because the book is even though I share stories in the book about me it's not about me all about helping you so uh, I hope you enjoy this interview and uh, yeah just keep doing what you're doing and uh, look forward to you tuning in the big thing too that I share in the book is really learning from your mistakes, how you come back from a disappointment or how you come back from saying something as a failure is is where the difference is. Welcome back to another episode of Your Hidden Talent Podcast. I recently had the pleasure to catch up with Tiffany Micah, who is the author of the new book, Focus, How to Reach Your Potential in Sport, Business, and Life. And in this episode, we dive into the key lessons from this book, which is available on Amazon right now, by the way. So jump online and grab a copy right now. Um, But what I really appreciate about this conversation is Tiffany's story. Tiffany shares how she recognized the pain from her past mistakes in her tennis career and has used this as fuel to dedicate her life to teaching young female athletes how to focus at any given moment and to get the competitive edge and most importantly, how to win in competitions. Tiffany is a high performance and mindset coach who works specifically with teenage girls and women to develop ultimate belief, supreme confidence, and to go after their dreams. And in this episode, Tiffany will practically teach you how you can turn past failures around, which she calls the comeback. 
through systems, strategies, and a specific mindset that Tiffany has developed through her tennis career and has helped her clients to develop a relentless belief in themselves to show up every day with an unwavering discipline and how to drive for excellence and how to have an unshakable courage. Tiffany is super practical, which I love about her in this conversation, and she understands that self-belief alone won't get you where you need to go. So we dive in and discuss the principles of how we can all develop the skills, discipline, patience, and mental stamina to fuel us on our journeys. If you would like to connect with Tiffany, check out her website, uh, tiffanymica.com, that's M-I-K-A.com, Micah, or search the Tiffany Micah podcast. And be sure to grab a copy of a new book, Focus, How to Reach Your Potential in Sport, Business, and Life, available right now on Amazon. All right, guys, I'm excited about this episode. I can't wait for you guys to get into it. And without further delay, I'd like to introduce to the show, Tiffany Micah. Tiffany, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm super excited to have you on the show. Um, Tiffany, your mission is something that I wanted to just like dive straight into because I was reading about your mission, about how your mission is to show girls, specifically teenage girls and women, how to be confident and to believe in themselves 100% and to achieve their, to achieve their goals in business and sport and in life. Um, which when I read that, I was super excited because that is so in aligned with the uh, vision that I have for this podcast, specifically around you know, helping people understand that the potential within them is something that they need to unlock. It's all about unlocking your hidden talent and lives within us. Um, I want to talk about like, where did that vision come from and, and what was the story behind that that inspired you to start your, your, your mission? Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for doing your research too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, look, what, what really inspired that was, I'll share the story. I was in, um, I was at a mastermind event, um, at, in Thailand and it was like a business, um, strategy, um, thing. And what we were, I was in the hotel room, we'd been, been to the event for the day. I was in the hotel room with my husband and, and I was thinking about my two nieces because I have a niece, um, Evie, she's 12, and my littler one, uh, Lillian, she's seven. And I was thinking about them how, um, and at that time they were eight and four. So I was thinking about them and I was like, you know, I don't want them not to, you know, not to believe in themselves. I want them to grow up to be really strong, courageous young women and really go after their dreams. And I was thinking about that and then it triggered in me that I went, oh, you know what, I haven't done that for me and at the age of 20 I gave up on me. And so um, and right through that that time I had lack of belief, uh, didn't think I was good enough, all of that kind of thing. And, and what... By feeling that way and thinking about the kids and then me discovering that, hey, you know what, I gave up on me when I was 20, I just started to absolutely sob for like mm-hmm. the next few hours. And um, my husband was like, and he was going, oh, look, you know, what can I do to help you to, to get through this? And I said, just let me cry because I said I've been living with this because I had this regret. Of, of not achieving my big goal when I was 20 and giving up on me when I was 20. And um, I just try, cried uncontrollably and I said to him, just let me cry. 
I said, just mm-hmm. let, let me let it out because I've been holding on to this for 25 years. And I said, if I can let that go and release that, I said, I think I'll be okay after that. So that's really sort of the backstory of how this came about. And then um, I was like, well, you know what, I've got to be a mentor for my nieces, which I've always felt that way anyway. Um, but I, thought, I was thinking on a much bigger scale than that. There's not only mentoring them and helping them become confident and, and, you know, like, as you know, core belief, if you don't believe in you, you're not going to achieve what it mm-hmm. is that you want. And I thought, you know, this has got to happen on a much bigger scale and I've really got to help those, those young women, teenage girls, you know, young women and women really help them get out there and accomplish what it is that they want to accomplish in their life because I'm I'm doing it. I'm out there, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm still out there setting the example. I'm, I'm out there achieving and doing what I want to do. And it doesn't matter how old you are, you can get out there and do it. It's just that you just got to get this right, you know, your mind's right. So. Get your mind right. Love that. And you yeah. talked about giving up on yourself when you were 20 and your big goal. What was your big goal when you were 20 years old? Yeah, my big goal, um, I wanted to be a professional tennis player, but not just not just a professional tennis player. I actually wanted to be a number one tennis player in the world. That was always nice. my big Love dream that. as a kid. So when I took up tennis at seven, I um, I just knew as soon as I stepped onto the tennis court, and I don't know if you felt the same with things, but I stepped onto the court and I just like thought, this is it. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I only ever saw myself as a tennis player. I did play a lot of other sports, but tennis was my thing. So that was all that I was focused on right through school. And, you know, I, I did go overseas and play and compete overseas as well. But at 20, I just didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um and I felt stuck and, you know, and I, and I didn't think very highly of myself anyway. I had very low self-esteem as well. So I just thought, well, you know, here I am, I'm 20, you know, I should have made it by now. I think looking back, I say young. Looking back, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, should have made it by now. Oh, well, I'm probably not going to make it, you know, and I'm not good enough. So I guess I'll, you know, go back home and go to uni. And my dad had this thing about getting a real job. So, right. um you know that was that was that was pretty much what happened in that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you you had a dream for when you were a young kid to be not only a professional or a great tennis player, but to be number one in the world. Which is yeah. to have that dream is is absolutely amazing for any 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 kid to have or anybody to have because it's easy for us to sort of cut ourselves down to reality. If you if your voice say I want to be the best at the world at, at something. But to have that yeah. courage at a young age to be able to go through that um, is incredible. So going back to that, so you, you, you're at 20 years old. Um, you were struggling with, you know, these, these limiting beliefs that you had for yourself. And I can see that the mission that you have today is because I know that there's a voice that older Tiff is probably looking at younger Tiff. And giving her some advice right now. Am I right? <laughs> That's <exactly laughs> God, little Tiff. I wish, yeah, I wish younger Tiff had listened to older Tiff. Yeah, for sure. Well, and yeah. what would what would you be saying to younger Tiff right now? Well, younger Tiff, I'd be saying, you know, okay, well, we've hit some barriers, Tiff. That's okay. Um, it's just showing for you to get to the next level. What we need to do is we need to go and work on your mindset because mm-hmm. obviously 
what's going on for you, the way in which you feel about yourself and, you know, because even like when I was competing, even in that time, I was very down on myself all the time. Nothing was ever good enough and I never felt like I was good enough. So I'd be working on, on helping to build build my confidence and, and also helping to give me, you know, systems and strategies to help me work through all these barriers that I was encountering because there was not only some things that were obviously missing in from a skill point of view, even though the, the skills were quite good, it was still uh, it still needed the work and also I needed to, to learn how to strategize out on the on the tennis court. I needed to know how to manage my emotions out on the, on the tennis court. I needed to know how to... Um, deal with pressure situations that came up. There was there was so much. So I would have said, Tiff, look, you know what? This is what we've got to do. We've got to work on all these areas in in your sport. And if you want to go there, that's great. I'm going to help you all the way. But these are the things that we've got to start looking at. And the first mm. thing we need to look at is where you're at right now and what what's actually holding you back. And in your story, Tiff, there was something that really stood out to me, which was your ability to take pain from the past and turn it into a mission that is going to serve other people today. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it, it took a long time, like 25 years for me to figure yeah. it out. Um, I I think too, like I did start the journey of when I was about 35, I, I discovered Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That's a great, great book. book. Yeah. yeah, and um, what I discovered with that was like because my self esteem, even till that point, was not great, and I can still considered myself as a failure because I didn't achieve my ultimate dream, and and so um, by uh, learning, you know, more about how my my head and my thoughts worked was like a really good introduction with that book because what it started to do is started to help me start thinking in a different way. I knew there were I knew there was things missing, but I just didn't know what they were. And the book that book really started that off. And then, you know, over the years it's got me to um, to where I am now. That 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 big instance that happened at, at 45 um you know, it was, was massive for me and, and realising how much that I had still was holding on to that um, non-achievement and giving myself a really hard time about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to then go, you know what, yep, that was incredibly painful but I don't want people and I don't want young women to go through what I had to go through and live like the next 25 years with regret and look back and go, oh, gee, I could have done that and I, if I had this, you know, access to this, this and this because I just didn't know how to do that. I'm like, well, this is, this is what I want to do. I want to show you the way. Yeah. And what do you yeah. think, what do you think it's a, it's a common thing for high achievers to put so much pressure on themselves and even though they are achieving at a high level, like you probably were playing at a very high level when you were younger, to feel like, you know what, I'm just not, I'm not winning, but from an external standpoint, like if someone else looking at from the outside, looking into your life, they're probably thinking that you're doing an incredible job. Like what is it about high performers that they are so hard on themselves when they assess themselves sometimes? Um, I think that's that expectation of what you know, that what you're capable of. Um, And, you know, the thing, the thing that, that actually happens too is like we don't really realise at times like how much longer certain things will take to get there either. So mm. um, being, a, being a high achiever and working on what it is that you want to achieve and if it doesn't happen in a short period of time, 
um, you can get quite frustrated about that. And I think with with high achievers, they understand that it that it is a process that you've got to go through. And I think a lot of people actually don't see see that. I see that so much, even with older women, you know, because I still teach golf, and I see that so much with older women. They expect that they should be able to do it, but they haven't done the hard yards yet. Right. And uh, I think high performers. Um, have expectations for sure and they set goals and they work towards them and they work really, really hard and they've got strategies in place. But I think, too, the high performers actually understand the process so much better than than, than other people because other people see a high performer and go, wow, look at them, they look so amazing. Like, you, you know, you see Serena Williams or you see Novak Djokovic or, you know, Roger Federer um, and you go, wow, what a, you know, they look so amazing. But you don't see behind the scenes that the, the detail of work mm-hmm. that they have to go through and it's taken them years to get to that level that's right so it's all about the the patience and uh if you're a young athlete i guess understanding that how do you balance this balance between um objective self-assessment and beating yourself up yeah that's a good question um yeah i think all you can do, and this is this is where I'm feeling where I'm at right now, even in, in my life, is that all you can do is you can put your best effort that you can give in in that day. So mm-hmm. if your day that you approach and you're not quite performing as well as you did yesterday, that's, that's actually okay because what it does, and this is how I look at it, I think of it like as a, as a bank account. So what you're constantly doing is you're constantly working on improving what you're doing and and getting better and you're constantly putting those deposits into your bank account and then over a period of time because you've put all those deposits in even if you haven't performed as well as you've wanted to you've you know some sometimes it's been quite high and sometimes it hasn't been quite where you wanted it to be it's because you've been constantly working on improving and and getting the, the job done as best you can on that day when you need it like when you really need it you can draw on it because you've put that You've put that time into it. Mm-hmm. That's how I actually got it. All right. I love that. I love that. Because the reason why I asked that was kind of like a selfish question because I suffer from the same thing as well. Like I, yeah. I, uh, I understand to not beat myself up when I'm not performing at a certain level, um, although I do have that expectation of myself that I can, I can perform at a certain level. And it, it's natural to get frustrated. But what I'm always catching myself from doing is balancing between not performing at the level that I should have, should have been performing and then finding the lessons of where I can objectively look at my performance and say, okay, this is where I went wrong. Um, this is how I can fix it for the next time. Um, and then this is how I'm going to separate myself emotionally from looking at myself objectively um, to come up with an actual strategy to fix the problem. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and you look at where your focus is. If you're, if you're out there competing, and, and your focus is, oh, well, that's just not good enough. You know, I'm not doing what I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Where, where is the, the, the focus isn't actually on the performance then, isn't it? It's a, you're looking at what's not working and you're giving yourself a really hard time. So you get too caught up in your head yeah. rather than focusing on the process that you need to make it happen. Got it. And, so it yeah. So it's almost like you're trying to control the outcome versus focusing on what you actually can control, which would be your performance on the day like the basics yeah 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 Yeah, no so I was just going to say like uh just say with 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 your playing tennis for example 
like if you're if you if you're an athlete and you find yourself you know you're 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 three games down in the, in the final set and you've been serving like crap um what would be the two opposing mindsets of what was what would be an example of like a destructive mindset and what would be how could you flip yourself out of that to get yourself to focus on what you need to do to to get the job done um okay and i'll share a story about that one it's very short but yes um, <laughs> I went, right i've been to that many times but there was one significant one that came um that, that stood out um very destructive is really telling yourself that you're not good or you know you're not good enough you have yourself on you can't do it they're too good for you you're hopeless you're useless you suck you yeah. know all your energy is focused on how bad you're playing or how bad you're performing and you just, you do, you just spiral out of control. You may also be looking at, you know, well, what am I going to do when I'm finished? You know, your mind may, may wander as well. A lot of it will come mm. back to being um, not performing the way that you want to perform um, and therefore you give yourself a really hard time about it. You also may be looking at, you know, friends and family that are watching or other people that you want to impress and like, oh, God, they think I'm crap, you know, because I am crap and, you know, there's right. all of that, that kind of thing that will, will go on. To snap yourself out of it, though, that and that's the challenge. Is but you can do that. Is you've got to go back into. I'm very much into routines. So, like, it doesn't matter whether it's tennis or golf or soccer or swimming, whatever it is. What you've got to do is you've got to bring yourself back into a, a routine and a, and a breathing mantra that's actually going to help you settle down and go. Okay, all I can do is do focus on this point. So if we look at tennis, for example, for you to win a game, you're three day games down and like you're down three love in the last set, all you can focus on is that shot, not the point, but the shot. Right. And you do the best shot that you can do and then you string the next best shot that you can do together, then you string the next best shot and then, and then you just focus on, I like to say it's one shot at a time. Yeah, yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah, because if you get too far ahead of that and you start thinking of the result, you're, you're gone because you're actually not focused and staying in, in the moment. And that was the biggest thing that I learned through um, through not achieving what I wanted to achieve in tennis. Um, and that was the biggest biggest um, win that I had with golf was that when I took up golf to play golf, um, you know, uh, later on, like 14 years after I gave up tennis, um, that was the biggest thing I learned. It was all about routines, breathing, system structure, what I have to say to myself as I'm approaching the ball, what I need to do as I'm setting up to the ball, what I need to do when I'm actually hitting the ball, what I need to do after I've played the shot, what I then do between, you know, playing the next shot. Um, and when you can then create that structure, it's one shot at a time, then you go off and then you do the next one. So it's all about staying in the moment. I mean, you watch you watch the all the, the champions play. I, I know I always refer back to tennis because it's my first love. But you look at all the really good players, especially the guys like Federer, Djokovic, um, Nadal, especially those three, they will stay out there. They don't care if it's going to be a six-hour game. Like they will stay there and they will play shot for shot until they win that point. Then they'll go yeah. out there and they'll Next shot, shot for shot until they win that point. And that's just it's a, it's putting them all together. That that's actually a, that's a good point because um, I can specifically remember being a kid and watching um, Roger Federer. One of Roger Federer's first games against Pete Sampras, mm-hmm. and it ended up becoming a five set game that went like really late into the night in the Australian Open. 
Um, yeah. And I think Federer actually beat Pete um, for the first time. And the and I remember just sitting there watching it and thinking like the amount of mental stamina and endurance to be like I'm I'm about to I'm three sets down and then to come back and win in a five set game against one of the best players in the world it takes a completely different mindset. And as you're talking about routines, I was I specifically remember another story with uh, Serena Williams when she was down and she was losing in a game and the camera shot to her and she was sitting um, on a chair in between games. And she had pulled out this little sheet and it was, she was just reading, looked like a, some, some notes that she had and are probably cues that she probably helped wrote down to remind herself how to stay focused in moments of pressure. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of, a lot of athletes don't, don't know how to do that. They haven't learned that. So the young athletes don't get taught that because they just go and have their training sessions, you know, with their coach. And I mean, I was right. the same when I teaching tennis as well and come and have training sessions because I didn't know what I know now. Um, and then we just focus on on the, you know, the skills as such. You wouldn't be focusing on what you need to do with systems in, in order to create um, you to stay focused during each point and what you have yeah. to do in the transitional times and, and all of that kind of thing to, to make it happen. Yeah, but I'll that. share that story. I want to share that story yes, with you, please. Um, <laughs> I, went, I had given up ten. I had given up tennis, but I had, like pursuing tennis. But I was still te- I had a tennis coaching business after after I went to uni, and um, but I was I still had the tennis demons, but I still wanted to play. I'd still play, you know, competition singles and and doubles and so on. So I was playing this singles match against another fellow coach, female coach. And we were playing a semi-final and I had lost to her the year before and I, there was no way that I was going to lose to her this, this time because she didn't she didn't beat me like I beat me. I let her win. Right. And that really, can I say, pissed me off? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. It really sure. pissed me off. Yeah, it really pissed me off that she beat me because mm-hmm. she, didn't, she didn't deserve the win because, like, I just couldn't function. So here we are 12 months later and I'm playing her again. I'm like, I'm going to carve you up something big. And I was I lost the first set, 6-3, and I was down 5-love, 40-love in the second set. No way. And, yeah, and, 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 bec- and I was so, because I still had my ten- tennis demons because I still didn't know how to how to get through through what I was experiencing because I was so badly wanted to beat it. And I was so worked up that I froze. Like I couldn't physically move. And that's what happened the year before as well. I couldn't physically move to the ball. So the ball had come near me and I couldn't even swing at it. Like I missed a lot of lot of shots because yeah. um, I just was so nervous, so badly wanted to beat her. But physically, I just felt like, you know, like when you've got the flu and you're heavy and mm-hmm. it just froze up. So in, in that moment, so it was, I was down 40 love, <laughs> one point left. <laughs> that was, that was uh, quite funny looking back now. But I went, you know what, Tiff, you can do this. Just focus on playing the best shot you can. That's all you got to do. Just go one shot at a time and bang, I won like the, the one that set seven, five, and then I no won way. the next set. Three. Yeah, just that's just, crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy because I was physically struggling and mentally struggling, and I just changed my focus because again I was too concerned about what everyone else was watching by the sideline, what they thought, 
how can I lose to her? She's so hopeless. I'm such a much better tennis player. There's all these thoughts going on. I can't lose to her again, you know. And, um, yeah, yeah, but I had spent – so by the time I got to the final, lost the final, I'll admit, because um, I was so emotionally spent by coming back, I didn't care what happened in the final. The final actually didn't mean much to me at all. Right. Everything meant everything meant everything to me in the um in that semi because I really wanted to prove to myself that I could beat her no matter what and and I was throwing everything all the challenges were thrown at me and um yeah I was able to turn that around so I was quite proud of that effort I didn't really realize um that what I had picked up in 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 that match mm-hmm. was the thing that was the key to to help make the difference in in everything for the future because I wasn't tuned in enough um, at that time. I think I was still too out of it in my head, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. For it to be a clue like, okay, Tiff, there's a clue here. Why don't you do that again? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then taking the process one step at a time, the process to sort of focus on that one thing, that one task that's right in front of you and to break down the overall don't to take on too much and sort of chunk it down to small replicable processes, oh, like little exactly. steps. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And even now, like even now, like with building um, what I'm building now, um, everything's just one step at a time. Awesome. Yeah, one, one shot at a time, one step at a time. All I can do is is focus on what I can do in this moment. Um, I've planned everything out throughout the day and I'll just get through this thing focus on that doing the best that I can in that and then I'll move on to the next one so, so that I can uh, look back at the day and go yep you know that, that was a really productive day I did the best that I could do felt a bit tired when I started but wow did I finish strong something along that line I'm always happy with that so Tiffany I I know that you're a busy woman and you have a lot of things on the go right now you run your podcast you run your business you run your consulting and coaching business and I also hear that you're in the process of publishing your very first book, am I right? Yes, absolutely. Um, here it is here. Oh, there <laughs> my, it is. My, yeah, there it is, my very first copy. Uh, it's called Focus, How to Reach Your Potential in Sport, Business and Life. So, Amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's been uh, a long time coming, that book. It's been in my head for a long time. And, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to uh, – Let's take the opportunity right now to like have a chat about, you know, the key philosophies and the key teachings in that book. And for our listeners out there, what what can they kind of expect from from the book um, and what can they start applying uh, little tidbits of of knowledge that they can look forward to learning in in your first book? Yep. Um, really, what it what the book is about is lessons learned from sport. So um, all the you know requirements that you need in order for you to achieve in sport, and really, sport's a big analogy for life. So whatever you need to achieve in sport, you're going to need that in life. You're going to need that in, in business as well. And that was really the theme behind writing that because I thought, wow, I've learned so much about you know, belief and discipline and commitment and learning the skills and, you know, um, discipline, everything, everything that, that I've learnt through through sport, I went, oh, this is such a great analogy for life. And that was really the, the reason that I wanted to write that was like, you know what, it doesn't matter that I've been a sports person my whole life. 
everything that I share in, in this book is, is really about helping you in your life. It doesn't matter that you're not a sports person. You might be very business orientated. You might have be an actor. You might be a dancer. You might be a farmer. It doesn't matter. Everything that I wanted to share in this book, all the um, the key lessons from that is what you can apply to whatever it is that you want to pursue. It's kind of like a science and a system and strategy and process we've spoke about earlier today around following a certain set of rules um, and a certain set of actions to get a certain set of results it can be both positive and negative. And what I look up to a lot of pro athletes, like highly level athletes, is the amount of dedication and discipline and self-awareness that they need to invest in their craft every single day, regardless of how they feel emotionally, pushing that aside and being aligned and knowing that they have a greater vision and a goal that they need to accomplish and they need to do certain things on a regular basis in order to get a certain result. So I can completely relate to your philosophy, I guess, in the link between life and sport. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and you look at the, you know, like look at all the athletes that you admire, like all the elite athletes. I mean, they all started at grassroots level. They've all been through the, the trials and tribulations of, of getting to where, where they are through discipline, commitment, you know, belief, hard work, uh, trying to work through all the obstacles that are thrown at them. It hasn't just, oh, wow, look at them. They're so famous and they're making all this money and they're number one in the world and they're doing this, this and this. They've done the, they've done the hard work to get there. We're just seeing all the glory. At, mm-hmm. You know, we just see them compete in that moment. Wow, wow, look at all the endorsements that they get and, oh, wow, they've just won, you know, $1.5 million for winning a tournament. And, but you don't see, like, all the work and dedication that they've put in, you know, behind to create that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Behind the scenes, you know yourself, it's, it's, it is. It's hard. It's hard work and it requires a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of emotion. Yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of people, you know, don't actually, don't actually see that. And I think being, pe- making people more aware of like, okay, okay, this is where you want to go. Okay. These are the, these are the things that you need to have in place to help get you there. And it's all strategy, strategy, systems, routines, mindset. It's, it's a combination of all of those that's created, um, you know, the champion athletes that we see today or even in business, same, the same thing. Great. Isn't it? And, and all of those teachings, that approach to sport and business. Are these the philosophies and the principles that are you're teaching in focus? Yes, yes. So um, the, big, the biggest one that I am very passionate about is, is belief because and, and I, t- I talk about belief a lot in, in the book um, because if you don't have belief in yourself because you can work as hard as you like and I'm I'm a prime example of that in my tennis career I worked my butt off um you know I'd be doing the the 10 to 12 hours of, of training a day not just hitting balls but you know all the physical training that I had to do as well and you know and I was a little bit behind I went to a tennis academy and I was a little bit behind so I had to make up a lot so I did that so I could make sure that from a physical standpoint I was overtaking everyone which I which which was great but um I didn't I didn't believe in me so I had all this hard uh, because I've always had a very good work ethic Worked really, really hard, but I didn't believe. So every time that I'd step on the court, I'd go, oh, well, you know, like 
it's not good enough, you know, or, you know, you'll never make it, you, you know, you're hopeless and so he told you you're going to lose that. Uh, and that and that stems from from your core belief. So if you don't believe that that it's possible, and it doesn't matter how hard you work, you're not going to get there because you don't believe that you can. Right. And that's that's a big theme in the book that I talk about, especially in the first chapter. Um, I talk about that, and I talk about the lack of belief that I had in me, and the lack of um, by having that lack of belief held me back from really achieving what I wanted to achieve. And I didn't realize, obviously, that till lot later on down the track mm-hmm. um and with with the book itself like even at the end of each chapter i share stories about what's happened to me and so on only so that you can relate and go you know what yeah i'm feeling that way too but i want it to be a, a, an active workbook so because i've got these questions at the end going okay how am i going to build belief in me what is it that i need to do so i pose a lot of questions and i get you to um you know, get a journal out, write write down the answers to the questions that I post to you because I want you to walk away reading the book going, wow, that's that's helping me really understand where I, what I need to do and where I need to go and it, it's helping you through a process of, of really getting to um, achieving your goals in life. It's not, I'm not saying it's the be-all or end-all, but it's, it's a really good foundational book to help you understand um, what you need in place to really get to where you want to go. And that's a big thing that I'm, I'm about is, is foundations. A lot of people don't work so much on the foundations. They want mm-hmm. to be right at the top straight away. And you have, it's like a house, isn't it? If you want to build that house, you've got to have really good solid foundations. And if your foundations aren't in place, then it doesn't happen. So it's a, it's a practical book. Yes. It's, um, it's going to guide the readers to self-assess read stories, relate to the stories, and then apply those teachings immediately to themselves and to daily habits that they can apply after reading each chapter. So chapter one, all about building that self-belief. Yes. What comes next? I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The first one really is about going after your ultimate dream, and I talk about that and talk about what you need to have in place to go after your ultimate dream. And then I get heavily, and I, and I talk about belief in that, but but heavily believing in you is the second chapter. But it's all about, you know, making sure that you really learn the skills because if you don't learn the skills, either how are you going to get to where you need to go? Like there's all these yeah. skills that we have to learn in sport or in business. You know, you have to learn how to market in business. Um, you have to learn how to communicate your message to, to that person that you want to work with and, and want them to work with you. I can see now that how systematic you are in your approach in, in your book. So you mm-hmm. started with a vision, belief mm-hmm. in your vision mm-hmm. and belief in yourself. Yes. And then identifying the skills that you need to acquire in order to make that a reality and building yes. self-reliance and self-confidence as a process through learning the skills. Because yes. you can have a dream, you can have a vision, you can have goals, but without actually learning the skills and without actually working on it daily, we're talking about having that courage to go through you know, those, doubt, those moments of self-doubt where you get that self-reliance and self-relief from mm-hmm. is from developing the skills and actually putting in the reps. Oh, right. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. A big thing too that I share in the book is really learning from your mistakes, how you come back from a disappointment or how you come back from saying something as a failure is is where the difference is and that's what I talk mm. about a lot in there as well. When you fail, it's not the failure itself that will define you but rather the people will define you by the way that you bounce back from that failure. 
Mm, and that's what people are watching. Yeah, yeah. yeah so sure. okay, so the comeback. I love the concept of the comeback. Mm, mm, um, mm. What comes after the comeback? We know that it's all systems and habits, and 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 it's the type of habits that that you're actually putting in place um, to help you move forward. So it's it's certain. Um, you could call them rituals, whatever you want to call them, that you do in the morning um, mm-hmm. leading up to, you know, whatever it is that you're going to do for the day. It's what you're doing at night before you go to bed. It's what you're doing throughout the day that's going to help you really move in the direction where you want to go. And it, so your book teaches you the habits that you need to have on a daily? Yeah, on a daily, but also also being patient, you know, Um because a lot of the things, especially the big things that we want, they take a lot longer to accomplish. Like even with my book, like my book I wrote in six weeks. And, six um, weeks to write the whole yeah, book? Yeah, yeah wow. six weeks, yeah. So, you need to write a was, book on how to achieve that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes, and this is sometimes, it's not all the time, sometimes I achieve things quite quickly and I'm like, whoa, gee, that was a great week. But then other times things take quite long. So in my head when I was with the book, I was like, oh, yeah, well, when I come back from being overseas, so I was away for a month, when I come back, that'll be okay. It'll just take me another month and I'll have the book done. You know, that's how it can't be too hard. And and it was a definitely a process that I had to go through because it's ended up taking 15 months to actually have the, the book um, ready for print. And, yeah. and it wasn't from me. You know, it was finding the right people and getting the right people in place to make sure that that happened. I also had a lot of um, advice from whether to go, you know, traditional publisher or go Mm self-publishing and, you know, who do I get to edit it? Who do I get to um, proofread it? You know, what's the cover going to look like? There's a lot of things around that that when I write the second one, it's going to be much quicker. It'll be a much quicker process because I know right. what to do now. That particular thing, even though like I was like, okay, if, at the end of every quarter, I'm going to have the book published. I'm going to have the book published. I'm going to have the book published. Yeah. Well, I, I wrote that out like one, two, three, four, here we are, five times, like for quarters if we go that way. Um, and so that's taken longer than I wanted it to, but it's, but it's here now and it's worth yeah. It's worth the effort. It's worth the frustration. It's worth the pain. It's worth um, not knowing what to do. Everything because I've learnt so much from 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 the process and the and you know like sometimes your goals don't. Okay, great. I wrote the book in six weeks, but it's taken me fifteen months to actually, you know, have a yes. printed copy. Yeah. But I've still got the goal. That's I've it. still got there, and and yeah. I think that's the most important thing. It doesn't doesn't matter how long it takes we just un- sometimes we underestimate how long it takes i wanted to share that story on on this podcast um and i think so it's a rare occurrence for anyone to be part of the journey um from the start and then to see it finally come to life and i know that this is only the beginning for you and there's going to be more and more iterations that come out so congratulations i'm, I'm really stoked for you yeah thank you very much yes it's very it's very exciting and uh yeah definitely definitely a journey but and that's the big thing too with with um you know whoever's listening you know to us talking is like don't give up yeah. don't give up just just keep going just keep going because it might just take longer to get there i love that so tiff is there a time frame roughly when we can Start getting ready to get this yeah. book. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking at the first of November. Okay. Um, 
yeah, is launching it. I'm actually working on a program as well called Get Focused, um, which does it, it does complement the book, but it goes into much more detail in really how to help you focus so much better. More geared around, um, it will help people in um, as an entrepreneur and business and so on, but it's really more geared around the sports person because that's really what I wanted to really focus on, focus on right now was really helping those those athletes um, being able to get focused. And what it was quite interesting, I just wanted to share this story because it's just popped into my head. I was talking to a mother yesterday and her son's 15. He um, wants to be a, a professional golfer. That's where, he's, where he um, you know, obviously wants to achieve. And his mum was telling me that he gets quite worked up when she goes to watch him. And I said, well, I can understand that because I said I was like that at the same age when my mum came to watch me. You know, I said I used to make a hide behind the tree so she couldn't see me and because I wanted to perform so much better when my mum was around. And she said, oh, yeah, well, he's, you know, I have to do the same. And I said, well, he's only trying to show you how good he can play. She said, well, he's just going to have to get over that and then because if that's what he wants to do, he's going to have millions of people watching him. And I thought, well, that's great to say that, just get over it. But unless you have systems and strategies and habits and Mm -hmm. those types of things in place, then you're not going to get over it because you don't know how to do that. And that's what you want to teach your clients and get focused. Yeah, exactly. And that's what the Get Focus programs, uh, you know, based on is is to help you um, have some systems and strategies in place that's going to help you focus better when you compete. That's great. I I love this. And and, uh, when when, when will this be available as well? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'm I'm asking all the hard questions because I'm excited for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The plan is November. All in November. um, Okay. all in November. I do have a, a No Limits Academy I'm working on as well behind the scenes. It's going to take a little bit longer um, to come out and that's really focused on sport, business, life, everything. Amazing. It's really to help, uh, you know, unlock uh, your potential and, and let go of those limitations. So that, that'll be coming up uh, later on. But the, the, the big focus, obviously, is the book right now, it's Focus the and, and, and focus. the Get Focus program. Yeah. That's amazing. Um I'm going to have the links to all of those details in the show notes. Um, So anyone listening wants to get more details on where they could find the book, find out more about the Get Focus program, um, they'll all be linked up in the show notes. Thank you, Bobby. So Tiff, I just, I just want to thank you so much for your time today. Um, I absolutely loved the conversation that we we just had. I want to acknowledge you on the work that you're doing, um, the message that you have and the, the, the role model that you are being for as particularly young women out there to build that self-confidence and the courage to go after the big goals. I love your systematic approach towards high performance um, and the very practical applications of these teachings that uh, unless they are broken down um, in a systematic way um, in a way that people can understand the theory behind it, it's hard for anyone to kind of grasp um, how they can apply that to their life. So I just want to really acknowledge you congratulate you on your work um, and acknowledge the, the work that you're doing to serve a lot of young athletes and entrepreneurs and a lot of people out there. So thank you very much Tiff, for your work. Yeah, that's all right. Thank, thank you, Bobby. I really appreciate it. And can I, can I just say to you as well, like um, I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast because they're just <laughs> really awesome. 
and there was yeah no I've got so much out of them and the um, I really love the question that you ask at the end of it I don't know if you're going to ask me that but it um it really this that that question that you that you've asked at the end of each of each podcast really helped also get me very clear in in my direction as well. Uh, that had a huge impact on me this year. So I just wanted to acknowledge you for that too and thank you for that because that, um, that that's also been part of the process to help me get very clear on where I'm headed. Thanks, Tiff. And I think I know the question that you are referring to, <laughs> being the one if this microphone was connected to all 7.7 billion people on this planet. Mm, yes. What would be the one message that you would share to all of those people? The one message, I've always got this saying that I say at the very end, uh, is uh, dream big, believe in you and go after your dreams. I always like to finish off with, with that because um, if you don't believe in you, it's not going to happen. So you need to have big dreams. You need to believe so deeply in, in that you can do anything, never have any limits, never let anyone hold you back and don't worry about what anyone else says. That's just their opinion. It's not your opinion. And just go after those dreams. It's, uh, you know, the world's your oyster and just go for it. Amen. Thank you so much, Tiff. Pleasure. Love Pleasure. Your work. Yeah. Thank <laughs> <laughs> And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Tiffany Micah. Be sure to jump online on Amazon and grab a copy of a new book of Focus, How to Reach Potential in Sport, Business and Life, which is available right now. And if you're enjoying this podcast and you're enjoying the content, I would love it if you could share this with a friend who you feel that would uh, benefit from this information. And if you're enjoying it, reach out and let me know how it's going. Subscribe, rate and review on iTunes. It helps out a lot. And I just want to thank everyone who has been supporting the podcast so far sending me messages. Uh, I've been really appreciating your words of kindness. So it it gives me fuel to keep on going and keep creating this content because this content is created for you guys. But uh, looking forward to the next one. Thanks for joining me today and I'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you haven't yet downloaded the number one deadly mistake athletes make, make sure you go to tiffany-mica.com and download the number one deadly mistake athletes make. Share with me what you like best about what you heard in the comments section wherever you hear this episode. Share with your friends that you know that would benefit from these episodes and please leave a five-star review wherever you hear these episodes. I would really appreciate it. Dream big, believe in you, go after your dreams, have an absolutely awesome day.